Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's October 6, 2009, and this is episode 211. On Friday, October the 2nd, Canon released their new EF 100mm f2.8 L Macro IS USM lens with the world's first hybrid image stabilizer system. I've had a chance to shoot with the lens both indoors and out in the field, so today I'm going to bring you a hands-on review of this amazing new lens from Canon. Before we jump into the review, I'd like to once again thank our sponsors, WebSpy, the internet monitoring analysis and reporting specialist. If you can, please tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com MBP and use the discount code MBPWSY for a 10% discount on anything you buy. sure if Canon is using this marketing worldwide I definitely haven't seen it outside of Japan but over here they're calling the 7D the image monster on the same day as the 7D release Canon also released their EF 100mm f 2.8 L macro IS USM lens and having tested it both in the field and under more controlled conditions I'm dubbing it the bokeh monster I have been looking forward to this, uh, you know, to receiving this lens for the last month or so since Canon announced it. I ordered mine as soon as I saw the announcement on the Canon website and was one of the first people to get my grubby little mitts on one, I imagine. Due to the simultaneous release of the 7D, the store was pretty crowded with the people uh, that were picking up their gear in what I think are some pretty revolutionary additions to the Canon lineup. Along with my lens, I also bought the tripod ring so that I can mount the tripod lens, the, the lens directly onto the tripod and not the camera. This helps to balance the whole setup, which you really need when shooting at one to one or life size. But it, you know, it will always, um, you know, when you've got a relatively long lens, mounting with a tripod ring will always give you better balance. Just to recap um, on what life size means. Basically, if you shoot something that is one centimeter long or one centimeter wide um, in real life, uh, at life size, the object will take up one centimeter on the image sensor or a 35 millimeter piece of film. Um, if you use a crop factor camera, however, you know the, it means that the or, or even if you use a, extension tubes, it means that it'll be larger. But um, but basically. It means that the image, the, the thing that you're shooting is exactly the same size on the film um, or the, the, the sensor. I also picked up a Macrolite Adapter 67, which is an adapter ring to enable you to use the 100mm macro with the Macrolite, uh, the Macro Ring Light MR14EX or the Macro Twin Light MT24EX, which is what I have. Well, Take a look at a shot that I made on Sunday morning of a house spider later uh, for which I used the 25mm extension tube and the macro twin light. We'll take a look at that in a moment. 
First though, um, the, you know, the first thing I did on Friday when I got the new lens was to set up a test shot. I haven't done the test chart shots yet. Um, you know, where I, uh, you know, set up with a with the, the the piece of paper that's printed with a test shot, a test shot, uh, <clears throat> test chart. I haven't done that yet. I'll try to do that within the next week or so. Um, what I did was I I basically lined up nine billiard balls on a billiard table and shot them with both the 100mm f2.8 IS macro and my old 100mm f2.8 non-IS, non-L macro lens. Note that some of the images that are referenced today are available on the blog at blog.martinbaileyphotography.com and they're also embedded in the Enhanced Podcast, so if you're listening in iTunes or on an iPod, You'll be able to see the images. They'll change as, as we talk. So I'll just look at the screen as I, as I mentioned, different images. Um, I haven't uploaded the all of the images to my online gallery. My tests basically confirmed that the lens is smoother bulky and the you know than the original Canon EF 100mm f 2.8 lens. That is, uh, we'll get some real world examples in here in a moment. Um, but first, let's look at the billiard ball shot to illustrate my point. The first image here is shot with the original 100mm macro lens wide open at f2.8. We can see that this is a nice crisp image, even wide open, and has pleasing bokeh. The original 100mm was definitely no slouch when it came to sharpness and nice smooth bokeh. As we look at the same shot from the 100mm hybrid IS macro lens though, we can see that the, the book is definitely smoother, especially if you look at the gradation of the yellow 9 ball to the top right of the image. Also, the highlights in all of the balls from the fluorescent lighting in the, in the room seem smoother, to me at least. You are probably wondering how sharp the lens is as well. Uh, you know, you really can't see from a, a web-sized image. Uh, so I'm pleased to say, you know, that it, it does appear to be slightly sharper than the original. Already, uh, you know, very sharp, the original macro lens. Um, but the the new one does seem to have sort of, you know, just sort of a tad. It's not a lot, but it, it seems to have beat it um, on the sharpness factor as well. And here, you know, we... What I'm going to do is I'm going to put up two more shots of uh, almost life-size close-ups of the two ball. First, you know, right now I'm displaying the original version, um, the, the, the ball shot with the original version of this lens. And now I'm going to switch over to the version with the new L lens. Coming up now, though, uh, as I speak, is a 100% a, crop. Um, first with the original 100mm macro and now I'm going to switch them over again so that we can see a second 100% crop uh, this one shot with the new L version and I think you'll be able to see um, maybe not so much on an iPhone um, but definitely if you, if you take a close look at these on either in iTunes or on the, on the blog you'll be able to see that the L version is just a tad sharper than the original lens so I, I got up on Sunday morning, um, a few days later, and after spending a few more hours sort of completing the 
provider switch to a new provider for these uh, uh, for a server that we we serve these audio podcasts up from i started to get ready to go out and shoot with the new lens and as i did so i noticed a house spider on the wall and so i grabbed the lens uh, and the 1ds mark III and started to just you know get a few photographs i first started with high iso and a relatively slow shutter speed but these spiders have amazing eyesight and so it sort of quickly ran away um, as I, as I started, to, started to draw near. I ended up shooting the little critter on the ceiling in the hallway as he'd run out of the living room. Um, it was dark up there in, on the ceiling and even with the new hybrid IS it wasn't enough uh, to enable me to, to get the shot. So I reached for the macro twin light and I took a moment to figure out uh, that the adapter screws into the, uh, the, the filter thread on the front of the lens uh, and the twin light attaches to the adapter, just sort of clips on there. I adjusted the strobe heads and went back to find the spider still clinging to the ceiling in the hall. And these little guys are small, probably about five or six millimeters across, so I wasn't able to fill the frame with him, uh, even by focusing at the nearest focusing distance of one foot or 30 centimeters. I wanted to try the new lens with the extension tube anyway, so I fitted the 25 millimeter extension tube and went back to photographing him, uh, and the resulting image is the one that we see here. Now, even this, I've cropped around 50% of the image away. Um, but you know you can see that there's some great detail here in the spider and you can even count his 10 or so eyes with uh, the nice little catch lights from the strobes the shadow around this little guy is a little bit annoying um i know i know about that uh, but this is basically caused by the fact that it was pretty dark and it, you know i closed the aperture down to f11 uh, to get more of him in focus at this uh, working distance so the twin light was pretty much the only light source I raised the ISO to 200 and set the shutter speed to 100th of a second even with strobe that's a pretty healthy speed to be able to hand all that for larger than life-size macro photography especially when I recalled that by this time my arms were getting a little bit wobbly from holding the 1DS and 100mm macro and the twin light directly above my head while standing on tiptoes Anyway, after this, I got the rest of the gear together and headed out to the Showa Memorial Park, about an hour away from my place here in Tokyo uh, by car if the traffic's good. After messing around with the server again and shooting the spider, I didn't leave myself as much time as I would like to have had, but I did get some good example shots, and the first of these that we're going to look at is number 2378, which is in my online gallery. Here we can see a bee-like insect uh, on some Shion or Aster tataricus flowers. You can see that I was a little distance from the subject here as I was trying to capture a, a pleasant shot uh, with the flowers and a bit of bokeh in there as well. And this really is the first sort of inkling of how nice the bokeh is in a real-world example. But you know, still, I have some uh, I have some better shots to share with you later that I think you'll you'll agree even more. The 
patch of flowers um, that I was shooting these insects from uh, has a rope around it, so I couldn't get any closer than this um, particular subject as well. The lens is uh, sharp and has beautiful bogey, but one of the first slightly negative things that hit me is that the lens is not a magic bullet. It's not a cure for all macrophotography ailments. As I mentioned in a, in a previous uh, the previous episode in which we did a preview of this lens um, a few weeks ago, Canon recommends using AI servo focusing to counter the back and forth movement of your body while Canon takes care of the angular shake or the tilt uh, and the shift movement of the uh, of the lens with their new hybrid IS. As far as I could figure out on Sunday though, this this simply doesn't work. Um, you know, the AI part just really doesn't work in these conditions. Firstly, if you turn on all of the focusing points and um, allow the automatic selection of the focus point by the camera, you focus on the petals, on the flower stamen, on the wrong part of the insect, but almost never the eyes. You know, the camera simply doesn't, it's not intelligent enough to know where the eyes are. And so, you know, even with like the 45 focus points that I have on the 1DS Mark III, it just really doesn't work. Not, not at least at this point, uh, towards the end of 2009 anyway. When you select one focus point, uh, you know, to take the cameras or the guesswork out of the equation, then you, you know, you end up having to use the center focus point because if you try to guess where the fast-moving insect is going to be in the frame, then you limit your options. And if you try to move the focus point around while shooting, you, you know, you miss the chance of the shot as well. In this sort of macro photography, things just happen too quickly, for me at least, to keep up with. Having burned through a fair few frames trying to get the AI servo focusing, uh, use, you know, working using the, the multiple focus points uh, or selected focus points, I, I pretty much gave up and went back to using the center focus point, which um, I did remain in the AI servo mode uh, because this gave me the ability to track the insect as far as I could but then I recomposed and let go of the back, the back uh, focus button. And then, of course, you know, you stop focusing altogether, uh, whichever mode you're using. And then just recomposed and adjusted. And I also did a lot of manual focus adjustment as well, um, either with the focusing ring or by moving myself back and forth. And I basically just blasted off a few frames after that. Um, not particularly spraying and praying, but with this sort of photography, you know, that you're, you're going to get a pretty bad um, a hit ratio. So you just have to have to shoot a few frames off at each time. Shoot in bursts, I guess, uh, is guess what I'm trying to say. There's no doubt that I need to refine my handheld macro shooting technique still. Uh, but having done this um, without IS in the past, I'm definitely no beginner either. Having said that, uh, including the spider shots and the flower, the flowers and the flowerscape images that I shot later in the day, I ended up shooting some 845 frames on Sunday, of which 319 are going to be deleted, and that's a that's a good third, over a third of the images, and that is a miss rate higher than any other type of shooting that I do. 
Usually for landscapes or flower shots, I delete less than 5%. Even for birds in flight, I probably delete less than 10 or 20% at the most. Here though, I'll delete 38%, which should give you an idea of the hit rate. Most of these um, were, you know, the, the ones that, I, that I'm going to delete were from this sort of, this part of the day where I was shooting these bean-like insects though. I was working in the shade here, by the way, with a clear sky but uh, slightly hazy. Um, I shot this, this image, this particular image at ISO 400 with an aperture of f4 for a 250th of a second shutter speed. Had I been hand-holding with the old macro lens, I'd probably have needed a shutter speed of around four, a 400th of a second or more at this distance. So, although, you know, no magic bullet, as I say, but there's no doubt that the IS is helping me to get these shots. Had I not been using IS, there would have been camera shake to contend with too, uh, but that was not the case. You know, the problem that I was having here were all down to focusing errors. I know that this, um, you know, well, I know that this is the case because every image that I shot had a part of the image that was perfectly sharp. It just wasn't the right part of the image for a lot of them. I should note too that if I didn't care about getting that nice dreamy bokeh, I would just close down the aperture to f11 or smaller and raise the ISO to reduce the risk of these focusing errors considerably. I know from past experience though that if I shoot a macro or, or any type of photography with too much depth of field, I personally just don't like the results. I'd rather have a greatly reduced hit ratio than, you know, and, and get fewer shots out of the shoot than um, nail every one of them technically, but not like the resulting images from an artistic point of view. So trying to pick up the pace here a little bit, uh, let's look at another shot where I got in a little bit closer, maybe to around a half or third life size, and that is image number 2377. The same subject here, but again, just very sharp where, you know, where, where it's supposed to be, and yet with some beautiful smooth bokeh there in the background. This was shot closed down uh, by one click to f3.2 and the shutter speed was 1 250th of a second at ISO 400 still. The torso and the abdomen are slightly outside of the incredibly shallow, shallow depth of field, but I nailed it on the eye and the, the legs in this shot which I was really pleased about. I'm going to share a couple of 100% crops with you as well. So, you know, basically to reduce the shock factor slightly, or at least to ease you into this, if you're not totally comfortable looking at close-ups of insects, let's look at a nice cute butterfly first in image number 2376. This, I believe, is a kind of cabbage white butterfly, still in the shade, and I closed the aperture down here to f4.5, Although I still had the shutter speed, the shutter at um, 1 200th of a second, I, uh, the exposure still looks good here as the lighter colour butterflies are a little bit brighter than the dark bee fly thingies that we looked at earlier. More exposure um, on the, you know, with these uh, butterflies basically had, had me blowing out the white parts of them, so 
I was okay to to go with um, just one click further down on the on the uh, shutter speed, but then closing down to f4.5 on the aperture here. Here again, we can check the pleasing dreamy bucket in the background, though a little harder now because of the slightly smaller aperture. From an artistic perspective, I'm not overly crazy about the composition here, as I work this sort of momentary scene three faint three frames after this uh, this one i moved the camera down to align the background bucket with uh, the the beautiful um, wings there to create this halo around the, the butterfly's wings but i didn't quite nail the focus on the eyes on that one as much as this image that we're looking at right now and here's the 100% crop that I mentioned, including just the head and the torso of the butterfly. I'm sure you'll agree that there's just so much sharp detail there. It's really pretty impressive. Bear in mind that I shot this at ISO 400, and the, I, the 1DS Mark III isn't as good as the 5D Mark II when it comes to grain. This would have been much cleaner if I'd been shooting at uh, ISO 100 or 200 with the 1DS Mark III, um, without a doubt. You know, it's, it's just, uh, at 400 it definitely starts to grain up and you lose detail slightly. Also note that the only sharpening done here is the standard sharpening that Lightroom does to all RAW files. I haven't done any further sharpening or any selective sharpening at all. Before we move on to a few flower shots, let's take a one last look at, well, a, a last look at another 100% crop image from the, you know, the large image that we'll look at first is number 2373. And I, I need to tell you in the spirit of full disclosure that I cloned out half a flower head about a third of the way up on the right side of this image. It was a rush job too, so you might be able to tell. I'll be cleaning this up a little bit later. I usually try to compose things to get things like that out of the side of the frame, but with me still not being totally at home with this high-paced handheld macro work, there were things like this that I, I had a bit of trouble controlling. This shot again was made at f4 for one two hundredth of a second at ISO 400. And here is the 100% crop, which although is a little bit grotesque if you aren't used to looking at uh, insects this closely, I'm just amazed at the amount of detail here. The eyes and the hairs around the head and the torso, as well as those spiky whisker-like hairs on the legs, are pretty impressively sharp, though the legs are, are starting to come out of the depth of field just very slightly. After shooting the bee fly thingies at the Xion flower patch, I went on to shoot some cosmos flowers at the far end of the park. I did a number of flowerscapes with my 70-200 f2.8 and the 300mm f2.8 lens too, but we won't look at them today. If you want to see all 15 images that I uploaded from this afternoon's shoot though, uh, take a look in my online gallery and there'll be a link to list all of those images in the show notes as well. For now, let's bring up a couple of flower shots just before we finish. The first one is image number 2372. 
I should mention that although you can now handhold this lens much slower um, than you know at much slower shutter speeds than before, I do still very much like to use a tripod and really work on the composition of an image. When there's no sort of fast-moving critters to capture, I will almost certainly continue to use a tripod, and that's exactly what I did here. I wanted to look at this image today, really though, to show you uh, just that beautiful smooth bokeh that we have here. I stopped down two clicks from uh, wide open to f3.5 for this shot, which is enough to get that first row of stamen and the edge of the darker pink ring around the center of the cosmos flower in sharp focus. Everything else just gets drowned in that beautiful dreamy bokeh there. Note that my composition here is basically uses the you know the depth of field uh, or the depth of the flower, um, looking across the flower to get that that effect as, you know, just because I've, I've shot it from the side. If you shoot a flower head on, it's harder to get this dreamy effect in the flower itself. You really, you know, you get more, you have to use the background. Um, if you're shooting flowers head on, then you have to really use the background or the foreground bokeh instead of the flower itself. Um, also note that I've centered the green V um, in the negative space there to the right at the same point as the pink V uh, which is made by the leftmost tip of the flower on the, on the left hand side of the image. A very tight crop here too as seeing the edges of the flower would not have added to the image and may have even detracted from it as we would not have been able to have seen the the, the detail in that the stamen and the pink ring there in the center of the image as much if we'd have sort of pulled back a little bit. Another dreamy, bokeh, beautiful cosmos flower here. Um, sorry for, for sort of saying this myself. I just love these shots. Um, all part of the excitement of getting new gear as well. But um, another, you know, beautiful bokeh shot here in image number 2368. This one uh, was actually uh, shot handheld as at the time I was trying to capture some bees that were coming into the cosmos flowers and th there are a few of those successful bee shots in, on the website as well but we're not going to look at them today. I was basically walking along the edge of the cosmos patch shooting across into the flowers and trying to capture those bees. The last image um, that we looked at by way was shot from above the, the the flower looking down onto it rather than across the flowers as I was here. The second cosmos flower here um, in the back background helps us to sort of outline the near flower which I quite like. Again working in a different style to my usual deliberate compositional style with the tripod. I work this flower from um, a few different angles and getting more of that sort of second flowering um i you know i, I basically low well i moved down so that the flower in the background dropped down a little bit more um you know in comparison to the first one and i also tried getting a little bit closer um of course i do these things with the tripod as well but it was sort of a little bit sort of more experiment experimentational you know i was i was doing it all freehand if you like um but i ended up uploading this one um, one of the first ones that I shot, uh, basically because 
of all of those sort of beautiful curves in that bokeh there and the complementary uh, sort of sharper curve to the left where the petal is within the depth of field. And I also like those few balls of green bokeh on the right um, you know, where the sun is just catching the stems of some of the flowers. There are a few other, uh, a few more things that I've um, not not really touched on yet that we need to that we need to talk about before we finish. And um, the first thing is that this is an L lens and therefore fully weatherproofed and uh, dustproof. Of course, it's going to be very useful in foul weather or dusty conditions. The inclusion of a UD lens element uh, typical of an L lens is almost certainly going to be adding to this lens being slightly sharper than its predecessor as well as of course you know a few more years of R&D and the you know the, the computer design lens elements and things uh, but typically lens elements um, you know L lenses are typically less susceptible to flare as well um, when shooting into strong light so these are things that we should bear in mind the other thing that I haven't mentioned yet is the autofocus is very fast and quiet, even in the macro range. And the manual fine-tuning of the focus is very easy compared to the original lens. Um, you have to turn the focus ring quite a way to move through the first few feet of focus. Um, so this, this allows you to really fine-tune the, uh, you know, the focus easily which is useful when critical focus relies on submillimeter adjustments. So let's start to wrap it up here and draw some conclusions on the new EF 100mm f2.8 L macro USM lens from Canon. As I said earlier, the hybrid image stabilizer is not really a magic bullet um, when it comes to capturing fast-moving pollen-gathering critters but it sure does help to get the shots that are simply not possible at the same shutter speeds with the standard non-L macro lens. The lens is tack sharp, has very nice smooth bokeh as we've seen, and it will almost certainly double as a great portrait lens too, as did its predecessor. Um, but I'll report back on that later when I do get some uh, portrait work done with it. The big question from anyone with the original Canon 100mm macro lens is going to be, is it worth upgrading? And this is a tough question. The added sharpness and smoother bokeh is nice and could be a decision point if, like me, you do a lot of wide aperture work where bokeh plays a big part in your images. Additionally, you know, ask yourself, do you need the hybrid IS? Do you need the weatherproofing? Another thing. If these things are important to you, what are you waiting for? The Bucky Monster is here. So a tad on the long side this week, uh, but I really didn't want to split this into two parts. I know that there's a lot of people out there waiting for this review, and I didn't want to, uh, to keep you waiting, and I hope that I haven't disappointed you. If you have any questions on things that I didn't cover, do stop by the blog or the photography forum at martinbaileyphotography.com and ask away. You can also find me on Twitter, Flickr and Facebook, so get in touch however suits you. Thanks once again to our sponsors WebSpy, the Internet Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Specialists. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Until then, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. Thank you.
The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Thank you.